Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it? I'm Egbert, the owner of this station. Check out my website at Egbert.com. That's E-G-G-B-U-R-T, Egbert.com. Now it's back to Brad and John. Check out their website at BJShow.co. The BJ Show? Come on, guys. Anyway, here's B and J. He just said it, so I won't say it again because I always get it wrong. Uh, I am Brad. That is John. Together, we make, I don't know what we make. Uh <laughs> Not Jack, BJ. I say that because of the fact that when I used to do the uh, show with Shelly, it was the BS.show, and I say, uh, I'm Brad, she's Shelly, together we make BS, which we did. Uh, That's right. And Very well, too. Very well. <laughs> yeah. Shelly's in retirement right now. Okay. Lots of stuff going on in the state. Uh, you gave all the top three stuff. Let's do some national news, okay? Yeah. And, and once again, if I hated Trump, if I absolutely positive thought that 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 Trump was the scourge of our country, I would still say the same thing. This verdict that came down in New York City last week about <laughs> about him yeah. owing, what, $450 million, yeah, something like that. Yeah. The number one story this morning on Fox News is Mr. Wonderful, who was Kevin O'Leary from the uh, Shark Tank show. Mm-hmm. He slams New York and issues dire warning against massive ruling against Trump. And the idea being is what's interesting was Kathy Hochul, who is the governor of New York, just last week, I believe it was Friday, I think this this verdict came down Thursday, if I'm not mistaken, and Friday was the, the reaction to it. Uh, she actually came out and she said, hey, all you businesses worried about being in New York, don't worry, everything's just fine. So in other words, the idea being was, she's essentially admitting that we only did this because it was Donald Trump. Because it was Trump. Right. Yeah, yeah. So the in rest... other words, the door is open for everyone else. Don't worry. This was a special case and because it was Donald Trump. Right. We just wanted yeah. because because the, the, the attorney general, the lady who was the attorney, attorney general, ran for office saying she was going to get Donald Trump. Okay. So the crazy part of this is, and I guess this, when I get into situations where I have discussions with friends of mine who are in the real estate business or, or you know, appraisers and stuff like that. I say it's all BS because of the fact that, that like, uh, you know, the example is, um, you know, back in the day before the real estate thing crashed in 2007, 8, 9, it used to be to the point where if you went to, like, let's say you went to your bank and you say, hey, I'm buying this house, can you get me a loan? The banker would call up, or mortgage person would call up the appraiser and say, hey, my client, Bill and Mary Smith, are buying this house at 123 Mockingbird Lane, and they need to have the appraisal come in at 235. And mm-hmm. magically, mm-hmm. the appraisal would come in at 235, because that's the it's number. on the dot. Right, right. That's the number that made it work as far as the amount of money they had to put down and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, in other words, that was the magic number, okay? Yep. So then they changed the rules, so if I'm not mistaken, that the banks and the mortgage people couldn't directly hire their own appraisers. They had to go through some kind of a pool system or something like that, so you couldn't do that. But still. It was, it was, not to interrupt, but th- so the, the idea behind that was to eliminate self-dealing. 
Right. The idea being this: if you had, if you're, if you're banker A and you have buddy, uh, um, uh, who appraiser B, you call him up and say, "Hey, uh, it was a good time at the bar last night. By the way, I got an appraiser coming your way. And <laughs> I need it to be yeah. two ninety-five. Okay, no problem. See you tonight again at the bar. You know that kind of a thing, right? So the crazy thing about this is, if you know the crazy thing with this state law, it prohibits them from having a jury trial. In other words, right from the get-go, the law states... You mean in New York? Yes. This law in New York specifically states you cannot request a jury trial. It has to be a bench trial, which means the judge is the jury, you know, judge, jury, and executioner. He's the Mm -hmm. guy... And there are bench trials all over. You know, that's not that unusual. Sometimes if you have a smaller case, you can go toward, uh, in, in like a, a plaintiff and a defendant can go and agree to go to in front of a judge, and the judge will essentially, you know, hear the case and make his own decision. Okay. So the crazy thing about this is that at one point in time, the judge was complaining about the fact that Trump had overvalued his property. And the judge was asked how much he would evaluate or what his, you know, appraisal would be on Mar-a-Lago, which is Trump's fancy schmancy place down in Florida. And the judge said $18 million. Now, the crazy part of this is that I've never been down there. I have friends of mine that driven by and they told me it's a very impressive kind of place. And supposedly part of it's on the waterfront and part of it's on the intercoastal waterway, the whole bit. I don't really understand all that stuff because I'm not a Florida person. But there are supposedly empty lots down the street, one of which is right now in the market for like $55 million. Another one's, you know, a lot for Mm -hmm. like $110 million. Here he's got... I don't know, is it, is it like 30 acres or some crazy amount of property like yeah, that? Yeah, it's something, yeah. It's something, but I, I see what you're getting at. Yeah. So the judge essentially says it's worth $18 million. Which is nothing, which you could not buy. You could right. not buy a shed yes. in Mar-a-Lago with that. Yeah, you could buy one of those, you could buy one of those, one of those sheds you put in your backyard, you put your lawnmower yeah, in maybe for $18 million down Absolutely. in that area. So why wouldn't that immediately be grounds for having the case thrown out. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm not an attorney. I don't play one on TV. But, see, the crazy thing about it, this is that if, and like, for example, there's there's an interesting case that's somewhat similar to this. Do you know the deal with Elon Musk and, and Delaware? Do you know this whole crazy thing? No, with, I don't know the story. Okay. Do you know where most of the big companies are are, are, are incorporated? Yeah, Delaware. So Delaware has the most loose, or they have the most provide the most secrecy for who actually owns property correct well it's i don't think it's necessarily secrecy it's 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 the they have the most advantageous laws uh as far as uh, the treatment of corporations are concerned okay okay and something along those lines something happened where something's going on with tesla i don't know exactly what it is and tesla was originally incorporated in delaware and now uh Elon is saying, okay, we want to disincorporate in Delaware, and he wants to reincorporate another state. And um, I don't know the exact details. I should look it up. But once again, if you were a company right now, with all the crap that's going on in New York City with the immigrants and the budgets that they have problems with and the police problems they have and the crime problems, and now this thing with Trump, wouldn't you want to get the heck out of New York City? Absolutely. And you think of any major corporation that has. So one of the most fun things I got to do in the corporate world was I served on several. We call them FTO teams, Brad. Freedom to operate. 
So your freedom to operate team includes folks that work in industry, folks that work in communications, especially folks that work in law. And you just look at all your sites around, we'll just talk about the United States now, and your FTO team identifies here's where we have the most freedom to operate, where government, where government will leave us alone, where the media will not hassle us because they're tools of the government, et cetera. And if you're on an FTO team today for a pharma company or a real estate company or anybody with an executive that says anything controversial, your FTO team says heck no to New York. And then you'll also look at, I mean, think about obviously California. Like if you manufacture any sort of anything that has any sort of chemical in it, Boy, you're not setting up shop in California anytime in the last 20 years. Right, because you have that Prop 65 thing. That yeah, still, exactly. Still hands, hangs on. And that's why if you look at, I mean, once again, I'm a nerd about stuff like this. If you look at products that you have, chances are something in your bedroom, in your kitchen, in your bathroom right now, if you look at the labeling on it, it's got a Prop 65 warning on it, which essentially means that it might have point zero 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 two percent of of some cast, uh, ca- you know, cancer-causing <laughs> uh, agent, and therefore, according to the state of California, it has to be labeled as a carcinogen, correct? Yeah, that's exactly correct. Yeah, and, and you have to have a, you have to slap a giant warning label. Right, and it's crazy stuff. It's like, okay, what is this? So, so why would anybody, and see, here's the problem that I have, hold on a minute, I mean, to me, and I get different strokes for different folks, okay, New York has absolutely positively no interest in me, if, or interest for me, if someone says, hey, I will give you a plane ticket and two days hotel in New York City or Little Rock, Arkansas. Which would you cha- cha- uh, choose? I go, yeah. I'll take Little Rock. <laughs> you you <laughs> choose Little Rock. Right. People go, you yeah. want to go to Little Rock, Arkansas? I go, I'd rather spend two nights in Little Rock, Arkansas than two nights in New York now, City. Is that, due to, is that due to overpopulation, crime, all of the above? <sighs> Marijuana smoke? What is it? Like, Here's another perfect example, okay? Twice in my life, I've gone to New Orleans for conventions, okay? Mm-hmm. When I see the first, after the first time I went, I went with an open mind. And the second time I went when the convention I was going was there again. I thought to myself, oh, God, I got to go to New Orleans. I hate that town. I think it's dirty, crappy. Mm-hmm. You know, I, to me, it's, you know, it's like, okay, it's, it's below sea level. I mean, there's all these crazy things about like, okay, I get it. There's all this history and stuff like that. No, thanks. Not interested. I'm not a party person. I don't enjoy getting drunk, you know. Yeah. I I don't enjoy, you know, uh, all the, the the scene, you know, the the Cajun food. No thanks. Don't like that kind of stuff. I'm an American kid. I like hamburgers and and Big Macs and French fries and stuff like that. So the stuff they have in New Orleans is not my cup of tea, so to speak. I'm don't, I have, don't have any interest in that. Yeah, well, I mean, so and I think it depends on if you're a traveler or if you know. I I don't consider myself one of those people that kind of considers themselves, you know, a big traveler, a vacation guy. I've been in New Orleans and enjoyed it. And I've never been there for more than, you know, a three-day convention or four days where I'm spending most of my time in the hotel eating really good food and then on occasion going out to a local restaurant and eating really good food. But, you know, I, I went down when I was in college. I went to, to Mardi Gras. And it, it and it was the pre-cell phone era, Brad. So that tells you something about getting, you know, lost from your friends. And it was disgusting. I mean, I you know, just just visualize walking around Mardi Gras at night, like I ruined the pair of shoes. I've of course only brought one pair of Nikes, you know, and I ruined those just walking in the filth of the sludge. 
yeah. So, like, I think it's one of those things that's a cool experience, and then I have no desire to do it again. Well, I'm, just, I'm sort of the same way. And, you know, but, but yet people will go like, well, you love Las Vegas. And, but, I, you know, I'm not a gambler. And they go, why do you go to Las Vegas? I, you know, once again, see, this is my attention span thing. I would love to own a private jet because you know why? Why is that? You can just, you could go anywhere you wanted. I'm an out and back kind of guy, you know? Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, I want to see, they used to be able to do this with Southwest Airlines since they cut back their schedule. There were several cities that I could fly to. I could leave early in the morning and I could be back that night. You know what I mean? To the point where. Yeah, and spend the night in your own bed. Right. I could do that yeah. in Las I've done that several times in Las Vegas where I've literally done an out and back in one day. Matter of fact, a couple of wow. times to the conventions when I did that, to the point where I'd leave early in the morning. There used to be a flight that left at, at Lambert like at 5 o'clock in the morning. And even with one stop, usually was either in Kansas City, Oklahoma City, and you'd be the way the time zones changed were you'd be in you'd be in Las Vegas at nine o'clock in the morning, okay, uh, and then you could go do your stuff, you know, go to the convention, you know, have breakfast, go have lunch, maybe have an early dinner, and be back on the plane, and the plane going back the other way. Even though it was a nonstop, it turned out to be like you'd leave, you'd take off at like five, uh, seven o'clock, and you'd land in 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 St. Louis at midnight because it was a three-hour flight, but you had to throw two hours in there because you were going against the time zones when you're going out there you're going you know yep. you're gaining yep. you're gaining time when you when you're coming back you're losing time and that's me i mean out and back you know but yet it's almost well, impossible but let, let me interrupt red but i think another big difference there that probably influences you is that i think of las vegas as a clean city like i don't think of las vegas as being i don't i don't think of people urinating in an alleyway well, i think of las vegas as being super clean it is and it's yeah and it's very it's first off it's very tourist friendly I'm, yep. I'm I'm a little bit upset that they changed the name of the airport, but that's a whole other story. Uh, but uh, and <laughs> and once again, to me, it's an engineering marvel. I mean, you yeah. you drive up and down the strip, and you see these incredible buildings that you know. I mean, one place. Now, I know there are people that say I have friends of mine that recently, or one friend of mine that recently has been in the Mid East and they've been to Dubai and they and they took them. Oh my God, you won't believe the places over there. I get it, you know, but that's a little bit different because they've got all the oil money and they're just trying to. Burn and all that stuff. Yeah, I have no desire to go to Dubai. If you that's one of those places that's my version of New York, Brad. If you told me you could go all expenses paid to Dubai, I'd say no thanks. I'd rather go to Peoria. Well, I see call me a boring guy, but but see, but see, I love cities like I love Denver. See, my yep. my two sons lived in Kansas City for a while. I loved going to see them it's in Kansas City. It's a beautiful city. Yep, I do like. And I don't a, like their sports teams, but I love the city. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of cool things going on in the Kansas City metro. You know, there's a if you know you know this from following the state. There's this big battle that goes on between the state of Missouri and state of Kansas for uh, businesses trying to yank them across <laughs> yeah. the state lines. And if you know the way the geography is on the north side of Kansas City, uh, the Mississippi River, or excuse me, the Missouri River separates Kansas from Missouri. But on the south side, once you get south of downtown because the way the Missouri River comes into um, uh, into the downtown area and then it does like a left turn and it goes east. So once you're on the south side of downtown Kansas City, there is no river between Kansas and, L and Missouri. And yeah. One minute, matter of fact, I believe there's even a road called State Line Road, which is literally on is, the state yeah. line. One side of the road, you're in Kansas. One side of the road, you're in Missouri. And Johnson County, which is the sort of like akin to our West St. Louis County, like you've got like Shawnee Mission and places like that where my sons lived. They lived in Lenexa. Very, very, very nice area. Yeah, a little uppity probably, right? Yeah, I 
don't know. I mean, I, 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 I <laughs> didn't depends. get that vibe. I if mean, it's your sons, you wouldn't call it uppity. Well, yeah. where, where they lived, it wasn't, you know, it was nice apartments. They weren't like anything, yeah. wasn't like living in the Trump Towers or anything like that. And, gotcha. you know, there were shopping centers near them. There was a, you know, I mean, you can always tell. Here's how you can tell if an area is uppity. If there's no Walmart, it's an uppity area. You know? Yeah. Or or now if there's not any dispensaries, right. you know, with a giant pot leaf in the window, with a drive through. That's also important, Brad, because you wanna you don't wanna have to get out of your car to get your weed. Right. There think about it for a minute. There are no Walmarts in Ladue. There are no Walmarts. That's true. That's in, absolutely in true. Huntley. Well, you know what? That's just because THF hasn't struck a good enough deal with local government, Brad. Although there is a Walmart in, in Chesterfield, but that's a whole other story. But but we all know the the reason behind that. that yeah, the, we the, do. The THF stuff. Okay. Have we made it a sense? I don't know. We made a we made a whole lot of sense. Uh, People are loving the segment, Brad. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> We're gonna take a break. We'll be back. Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it? 